Hey, listeners, if you are thinking about divorce and concerned about your children, please go to my online parenting plan course. It will help you plan how you're going to parent through divorce and beyond. And I promise you, it will keep conflicts from erupting in the future while keeping you centered on your children. Check it out at lisakoski.com. Welcome to Doing Divorce Different. This episode is going to really help you take the fear out of your financial issues surrounding your divorce. My good friend, Will Berrigan, is here. He is a wealth advisor and president of Shamrock Wealth Management. He has helped me with many mediations, and I grew to trust and love him so much that he's actually become my husband and my financial advisor. So here he is with all the tricks and tips to just help you have a more calm divorce process. Welcome listeners. I am again so blessed with a guest on my podcast. Will Berrigan is here with us. He is a wealth advisor president of Shamrock Wealth Management. And I think, Will, I met you several years ago in a mediation course. And, um, you know, I think I was so drawn to Will because you're such a family guy and you talked about your family so lovingly. And then you didn't take yourself too seriously. And I'm like, who's this financial wizard who's kind of easy to talk to? So when I was uh, mediating and I had some clients that had a really complicated financial plan, I thought, hey, I'm going to call in Will. And I brought him into the mediation. And I mean, Will can actually make finances kind of fun. And you are calming. And so I had new value on Will after that first you know, mediation session. Now I always want to use Will when I have something complicated. And in fact, I trust him so much that Will is, I told my husband, you got to meet this guy. And we've never had a wealth advisor and we um, now have Will and are so thankful. And Will, I've got to tell you, when we met with you, it was a little bit of a healing moment. We're not going through a divorce. Right. Um, it wasn't a mediation session. But as I was sitting there, I think I said kind of something kind of flippant to my husband that got his goat. And I was like, oh, Will's mediating for us right now. <laughs> and, you, and you kind of, um, you brought his view into perspective for me. And after that, I mean, months after, I think I it kind of hit me one day that it's okay that we have two different views on our finances. That's okay. And obviously you usually do when you're going through a divorce, but even when you're married, you can. And I think I gave value to, you know what? My idea is okay too. You know, I told, and I had a conversation with my husband and I said, I'm not mad at you anymore. It's okay that you feel the way you do. I'm not going to try to change you. I mean, I think you'd be a lot happier if you lived the way I do, but you should. You yeah. do your thing. So you you did one of those things where you healed a piece of our marriage, and I don't think you even knew it. So I think you really have a natural ability 
towards working. You're kind of a counselor with people. And so that just leads me to, Will, how did you get into this, you know, wealth advisory world? Well, first of all, I'm still reeling from the compliment about that <laughs> because um, your husband, John, is such a great person. And, you know, when you're sitting across two people that are are fantastic and they're both smart and loving and caring, you know, you, it's easy to take in both points of view and, and, and um, be respectful of those. But I think the reason I got into it and, you know, just to g- give some clarity, I really have two companies. I have the the uh, wealth management company, and then I have the divorce um, planning company. And and um, the reason that I did that um, is really kind of twofold. Number one is um, when you when you get into this business in the first place, and you have some success, and you keep moving. There's this for me personally, there's was this gnawing feeling of I want to help people in a more direct and intimate way and really help people that are vulnerable. And one of the tricks of, you know, um, trying to do that is in the in the financial world, you're helping people who have a lot of money. There isn't on the surface a lot of vulnerabilities there. And so divorce caught um, my eye. I'd known some people involved in it, met some divorce attorneys that I thought were really great people. And um, and so uh, I think that was a big part. The other thing too is um, I love my wife, I love my children, but I also know the ebb and flow of a spousal relationship, <laughs> especially when you live with me. I tend, to, I tend to be a catalyst for the M part. My wife is the flow part. Um, it's funny because we were laughing the other day. We, My wife and I went through some therapy a long time ago and got some help. And the metaphor that the therapist used was, you know, uh, you guys, you know, Bridget, you're the kite and Will's the string. And I heard that and I kind of was like, well, what if I want to be the kite? <laughs> I don't want to spend my adult life being the string. Um, you know, why does she get to fly around in the wind? So anyway, um, you know, I know that I know how vulnerable marriages are. I know how um, how great they can be for a family. But I also know that at some point it's time to move on and seek renewal through my whole life. One of the key things is each day provides small and large renewals. And for me, helping people through divorce is less about an ending and more about let's get both people prepared for a big renewal. Yep. And, you know, and that is so I think that it's so in line because I want to I kind of am starting to coach people more and I want to coach them to a better future. You know, they were doing the things they were doing to get to where they are. And so the whole point of this podcast really is to help people feel less afraid when they're going through a divorce. And I think the biggest fear is the financial worries. I mean, that would that would definitely be mine. And, you know, I have I mean, it's really hard for people to prepare their budget. Sometimes that's the hardest thing to get people to do. And sometimes I have to sit with them and go through it step by step, you know, from a, a sheet. And then just for people to understand that when you're married, you own everything together unless yeah. it's a non-marital asset. And sometimes that's hard. For, well, this is my 401k. My name's on it. 
And no, that isn't the way it you know works. that it yeah. works in divorce. And so, um, you know, we have to start splitting things up. And you've helped me with that on complicated cases. But do you yeah. have some tools and tips to help people that are going yeah. through a divorce to feel a little more calm? Because you are yeah. a calming guy. There's really, um, thank you for that. And you should know too, um, um, the, easy, the best way I can describe it um, is you handle your mediations with this kind of perpetual grace. You know, there's a, you get these bursts of great um, welcoming laughter. You got such a great laugh and a great smile, but you're also very understanding. Um, and then in the context of all that, one of the things I can get trapped up into in the, in the kind of marinating the whole room in compassion and understanding is that the things can slow down. You know, it becomes too much of a, of a, of a, of a feeling session. You maintain the dignity of keeping that, but you're always moving the conversation forward. It's a great skill and it's why you're a great mediator. So I just want Thank to you. make well. sure you know that. Um, the really, um, and anybody who's listening and it sees this and wants to, they can just uh, send me information. But there's this little, at the beginning, there's this little book that I have. It's just called Smarter Divorce Secrets. And it's tiny, just hand it out. And it really just kind of goes through when you think about, you know, a little bit about divorce, the emotional impact, and then how to maybe with the choices to use, you know, like mediation. And then just some financial mistakes at the beginning to avoid. So Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Who's the author of that? Well, this is something that I've uh, accumulated together, um, you know, over time. So I've, I've parsed it. Is this it your in. book, Will? Yeah. So I've got my name on the book. And um, yeah, this is produced by us. And so we can send them out. To oh, well, I love that. And I would love to get my hands on that. Not to diverse, but... We're going to put your um, website in the show notes so people okay. can click on. But your blogs are amazing. They're oh, just thanks. fun to read no matter what. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I'm really uh, interested in that book. So thank yeah, you for so, sharing that. Yeah, this is probably a little less. Um, there's a little less muse. There's fewer muses in this book. I would say. <laughs> this, is, this is more like a grocery list. But then I think the other thing, of course, then you go through the process and um, it, it's really, I think the big thing is make sure you have all the data available. And mm -hmm. if you don't have it, um, have a good idea of what it is. And, and then through that time, work it through. The problem with kind of doing a ballpark when you go through that, it's a good first discussion, but when you really are going through mediation, you absolutely need to have documents for all of the material. And um, I would say that if you're thinking about divorce and this is an issue, begin to accumulate that sooner rather than later. So documents are key. Obviously during the, that's the main thing. And then the initial discussions, you know, understand what you want out of the divorce in, in concert with your spouse financially, just to say, um, you know, how do we want to divide this up? What's important? The house. Um, this, it might a lot of times there's two spouses when when finances are complicated. You have one high earner and one who's not as high of an earner. So how do you split assets to be tax efficient? Those are things that you know you help people with. I can help people with. Right. Um, but the only way to figure all of that out 
is to make sure you have the documents. So the number one thing, if you're really moving forward with the divorce, get all the documents and have them pretty current. Um, and then I would say, you know, and this is just jumping around a little bit, we can talk about it in the middle of it, but some post-divorce tips that I think people kind of forget about. You know, you go through the pain of, of building into a divorce. There's a certain amount of grief associated with that. And one thing that's really been a surprise for me in working with divorced couples and that I really love, and it's a combination of um, really seeing, uh, seeing people where they are is, you know, if I think of love as, as kind of a curve, you know, like this, you start off and, and you meet and then it grows and grows and you reach an apex and hopefully you can maintain that apex with some up and downs along the way. But at some point that floor can break through and the marriage breaks down. But what's interesting, even though the marriage is breaking down, one, if not both of the people in the marriage, they're still on the love curve. You know, there's still love yes. there when you're going through that. And that's always a little sad to, to witness mm -hmm. as a third party, but you also can see that um, it's okay to acknowledge that. It's okay to step into an ending for that, even though mm -hmm. you might carry some of that energy after the divorce is over. Absolutely. But, but you know, it's time to focus on renewal. So, so I think what happens is you get through that and then post-divorce, you kind of forget some stuff, you know, and there's some key things that I might just share right now that I think people need to keep in mind after they get through it, uh, some post-divorce. Um, you know, and that is so important and interesting. My good friend, Annie Bros, an attorney was on last week, but if you want to recap, that's going to be helpful because I get, paranoid that people are going to forget to take care of business when the divorce is done. Yeah. So what are those things? Well, that I, you know, I won't go through a, a lot. I'll just make it real quick, but you know, sit down with somebody, either yourself or, or sit down with someone, get your financial statement in order. Once everything's done, like look at what assets do I have? What liabilities do I have? How did it all shake out? Mm -hmm. You know, organize your financial records and have a person because you don't have a spouse anymore, at least for the time being, that you trust that knows where all your financial information is in case mm -hmm. something would happen. You also want to establish a savings plan. You may be paying down debt, but you still need to put savings in. If you're working for a company, make sure that um, you're in the 401k and you're, you're, you're at least doing the match there. Um, you know, simplify your money life. A lot of banks, you can do, you know, the, um, if you're, if you haven't been in charge of the finances before, they provide a lot of data, but they also uh, can help you do bill pay automatically. And then your credit is important, you know, do things to improve that. Any insurance policies or retirement plans, make sure you get the beneficiaries changed. You don't want to have that go to someone that you don't, um, right. that you're not married to anymore, right? Uh, retitle property if you need to. So if you own the home yourself now, that needs to happen. Um, and it's always check on the status of the settlement if there's a quadro, which happens if you move retirement assets for people. And, um, you know, and talk to someone about um, whether you need to have insurance coverage. You know, is that, would that be uh, a credible thing to do. And then I've got literally, th those are kind of the main financial planning pieces, but just kind of, you know, 
chores yeah. that need to be done. I've got a list of, you know, 25 different things that people need to make sure they have. Um, I won't go through them all, but some of them as simple and, and even maybe non-necessary as buying a shredder to, if you've got a safety, uh, safety deposit box, um, you know, that, that you've got to make sure that the right people have the keys and back yep. up all of those kind of things. So I think those are just, um, Nothing's too small, I guess, at the end of a divorce to pay attention to. But your credit is one, and you don't want to be on a credit card with your ex-spouse. So right, sure that that gets changed, and that's put in the you know kind of the divorce decree or the memorandum of understanding when you're when you're doing. So the I love this. I love this. That's why this is such a blessing. This podcast because we're helping the listeners. But so after Annie, I compiled a list so that I can give it to my clients. Um, and now I've got some things I can add because yeah, you definitely I have, I are coming. Oops, sorry, I interrupted. No, go. You're coming from a different angle, and so I want to share that with with people so that they don't forget anything. And we kind of um, ask them to start doing it during the divorce because when you're all done with the divorce, you really want to be all done. So I really um, encourage people to you know, get their quadros in order, get their deeds ready. You know, they can start doing their financial work as if they were single. Yeah. Well, you know, the other thing, depending upon where somebody's coming from, maybe they do or do not want the divorce as much as the other spouse. And maybe they weren't involved in the finances. You start going through the list and throw out words like quadro and 401k, yeah. and, you know, and, <laughs> in all of these, you know, stocks and bonds and, you know, compounded interests. And all of a sudden you've just assaulted a human being and all of this stuff. And <laughs> like, you know, I can't take it anymore. Um, right. So, so one of the things that I think is helpful because it, be, it does become this albatross and it can create kind of this inaction, you know, it, and, and or maybe yeah. oversimplification and not looking at the details is, um, you know, putting these in checklist form. So you have something written down to do and you can check it off. Yep. Like, wait, what did that mean again? Oh, I have to, you know, I have to establish a new budget and I was going to cut expenses um, and I'm going to use a debit card to control spending. So I'm going to, I'm going to get this separate debit card and I got to call and do that. Or, you know, I've got to, I got to make sure I contact my spouse's company to get Cobra health insurance coverage. Right. So you just, you know, those go through and you're kind of like, sometimes you don't really readdress these issues that you kind of, you kind of go over in the mediation until you need the COBRA coverage and you don't have it and you right. have to scramble to get it. Yep. So. Great tip. So, yeah. And then the last thing I would say too, is that um, the plans that you do after your death, you know, so your estate plan, now that you're not married anymore, you need to revisit that with a, with someone. Yep. I agree. So, um, as far as when I have clients coming in, I have a really in-depth intake form that they love to fill out, Of course, they do. <laughs> but it's so helpful because it helps them start to get a handle on what they have. Yeah. And then I always, so that's really important. And then I always think the budget is so telling and it's so hard for people 
to think into the future. Uh, you know, they don't really, some of them don't know where they're going to live. And so they don't know. And so we kind of punt because we have to come up with a number to start talking about, yeah. you know, if there's maintenance needed. So I think those budgets are so important too. Um, moving forward, a renewal with their life there, you know, and, you know, what I've been kind of telling myself in my, my head, my own head is that money is easy. You know, it's not, it isn't that hard. I think I was always under the understanding that it was, but it's just basically seeing what you have to spend. And then we've got to make sure you have enough income to cover it. Yeah. I mean, that, that at its most basic form is what you have control over, right? right. The only thing we have control over in our money um, outlook is how much we make and how much we spend, right? Yes. We can't control what the markets do. We can't control necessarily what our employment um, life is like because yeah. you don't always have control of your own job and you can't control world events. So when you can control, um, you know, earning, saving and spending, that's really where your focus should be. And I, and you're right, it is easy. And, you know, let's be honest, the fact that I could um, be successful in this industry shows you that the, the barriers for success aren't super high. But, um, you. So the, you know, but I do think that, um, that, you know, the, where, where it can get complicated outside of the budget is if you've accumulated a lot of assets, that's yeah. where the complication sets in. If it really is about, you know, how much do you earn and how much do you spend, then the financial situation is going to be clear. So back to your point about the budget and what we tend to do as people is, you know, it's just, it's inconvenient to create a budget because you're like thinking, what am I missing? Right. The other thing is there's probably two or three things in your budget category that you might have a little personal shame connected to. Or worry about. <laughs> right. So you don't really want to get that real number. Right. Um, so the kind of what I always tell people, you know, a, a budget isn't, you know, like the Ten Commandments in stone that you've got to follow for eternity. Right. The budget is really about getting you a baseline of saying, is this something I can do? You know? Right. And 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 then I think the other thing, too, is that uh, make no judgments on what the numbers are. You may have to change them because you're basically you're the resources available mm -hmm. from the couple won't support them. But put the real number down on some key ways to do that is, you know, save all your receipts for 30 days and just write a note on the back of them and everything you do. That's you a know, great both. idea. If you're looking to start a divorce, start saving your receipts. Yeah. Or if, you, if you're good with um, online banking, they categorize all those expenses. Right. And you can just data dump that. Look at them. Look at three months. It's probably enough sample size and just kind of. Um, we have we have the hardest part about a budget is, you know, you've got the core monthly expenses that don't ever change. Uh -huh. Those are easy to identify. Right. Then you have those semi frequent um, expenses that don't come up all the time. They might be might be gifts. It might be quarterly taxes. It might be insurance, the things that aren't every month. And then you have kind of the discretionary spending. So I would look at them in those three buckets. Right. And then, you, and then you put good numbers around those as best you can and fight the impulse to overstate or understate. Get the data and just 
let the data tell you what it is because when we overstate or understate those numbers, we're imposing our value system on mm -hmm. it. And then when you're trying to negotiate within a mediation, this whole idea of spousal maintenance or whatever, if if you've if you've made an emotional attachment to what you need and it's not based in a lot of fact, it can be it can be a uh, it can be a way that things don't get done. Right. Okay. So I kind of want to recap a little bit because I had to write down some things that I heard that really stood out to me. So, and here's the thing, when I have clients in the intake form, there is where they can fill in what they're spending. So it's going to alert you to haircuts and garbage and the things that you might not think of. So that hard part should be kind of taken away too, if there's yeah. more outside of their, their online statement or if they don't use online banking. But I think too, to also kind of push with clients when they're coming on that here's a place where you have control, right? So we're gonna just take a baseline look at it, but it is the start of you having some control over your life because you need to see the data to, to get there. And I loved when you said, um, make no judgments. Oh, we're so hard on ourselves. Like yeah, right. okay, if you spend 500 bucks on your hair, you write that down and don't worry. You know what I mean? Because exactly. we are hard on ourselves and that is part of it. And that's not necessary here. This yeah, is here to help you. So I love that. And I love the tip. I'm going to start telling people to start saving their receipts if they don't have that online banking. So I think all of that, all the things that you're describing kind of make me feel a little more calm. They've given me some more tips on how I can help my clients, you know, move through this. So is there anything else that you can think of financially that you would like people to, the listeners to hear before we head out a little last tip yeah. about divorce. I would say, you know, um, know people around you that you trust, that you think you respect how they handle money and and ask them for advice, ask them for help. It could be they introduce you to, to a professional that can help or it can just be a little bit like this conversation, giving you some good reassurance that you'll be able to handle this. You know, it, it's different and it's new, but ask for help and people will help you. That would no, be I, I love that you said that because you have um, a blog about that. Yeah. So Will, if people um, want to talk to you about their what managing their wealth, how can they get a hold of you? And I will put it in the yeah. show notes, but let them know where they can find that blog and how they can reach you. Yeah, great question. Um, you know, I think the best way probably is um, is our our phone number is 651-317-4330. But there's two companies. There's Shamrock Wealth Management. You could Google that and you can look at us there or the Came Divorce Solutions. That's C-A-I-M, Divorce Solutions. is a Celtic term, which is a basically a circle of sanctity where people are protected. It's a Celtic word. Um, so they can do it there and... Um, you know, and then they can, the, the, all the contact information is are on those two websites. Um, Wonderful. And, yeah, and just call anytime if you want. We're, you know, I'd say the biggest thing is I 
tend to do the phone a lot because I want to hear where people are at, but yep. the website's the best way to do some screening on, on what we do. Do some screening and maybe make that initial. Yeah. And there's contact. a, there's an info email that you can send to just, and I get it when you're first, um, kind of looking at this, there's some anonymity that you want to keep. So yeah. there's ways to, to stay um, a little less obvious. Well, and I just, just to end this, it's been so fun chatting with you, but truly from the bottom of my toes, I trust you. Oh, and you. so, you know, what, whatever that means for the people, for my listeners, you are someone that I find very trustworthy and I think they would too. So if they were looking for someone I would highly recommend you. And of course I use you with my clients. So. There you go. Well, I appreciate that. And I, the, the same goes back to you. Um, you're just such a wonderful person. One of the reasons at that mediation um, session where we met, it was very clear to me who uh, the smarter and more graceful person was. So I'm glad we connected. <laughs> I don't think that's true, Will. You're too humble. But thank you so much yeah, for being you, here. It's so helpful. I have more things to share and I've learned a lot. So Yeah, let's do it again sometime. Yeah, let's for sure. Thanks so much, Will. We'll see right. you soon. Bye-bye. Bye, Lisa. Thanks. I want to let you know about something new and amazing. We are offering a group divorce course. And this is a novel idea. It may seem, you know, counterintuitive to a lot of you, but it works, especially if you are a person who likes to be in community with other people going through what you're going through. So if this is something that interests you, or if you need any kind of divorce support, please connect with me at lisakoski.com. You can fill out a consultation request. And I want to let you know that this course is available up until November 1st. So please sign up now and learn, learn more about how you can still be anonymous, have your own paperwork, work one-on-one -on -one with me and in a group setting. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I have. And just remember, the financial piece of your divorce does not have to be scary. And if you're thinking about going through a divorce, get together all the data and have your paperwork handy and start thinking about your budget. And if that means, you know, saving your receipts for a month, go ahead and do that. And always remember, I am here for you and I want to help you. So if you need me, find me at lisakoski.com. Take good care and I'll see you next week.